This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. I'm Trey Lopreshinsky. I'll be covering for Dub today where we are going to be continuing to cover local elections. The city of Fort St. John is set to have a brand new mayor after the current mayor, Lori Ackerman, announced last month that she would not be seeking re-election for a fourth term. Ackerman has been serving as mayor for over 10 years here in Fort St. John. There are three candidates looking to fill her shoes, including Shannon Stangy and Stephen Labossier. Stephen, unfortunately, had a scheduling conflict today and couldn't make it. But later, we will speak to Shannon about his platform and plans if elected. But first, we have Lilia Hansen, who was voted in as councillor in, in a 2017 by-election and was re-elected in 2018. She just finished her first full term as city councillor. Lilia, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you very much, Trey. Pleasure to be here. So just getting right into it, why did you decide to run for mayor at this year's general election as opposed to rerunning for council after five years? I'm a community champion. I love Fort St. John. I can see the potential that's there. I can see also what we can uh, continue to do that council has started in working with our collaboration and partnership. I want to be mayor. I love Fort St. John. What are some projects that you are proud of to have been uh, a part of during your time on council? There's been a lot of great capital projects that we've worked on together with council. Uh, we have Festival Plaza. I enjoy going there on almost every weekend during the summer, enjoying the farmer's markets. We've done a lot of upgrades to our parks around the city. I, I love driving by Kin Park to see what's happening down there, as well as uh, various other parks around the community. We're still working on our new RCMP detachment. Uh, we just have lots of things going on. I think it's important that we're continually investing in our community and not leaving it so it's one big chunk at the end. You've called Fort St. John home since the 1970s. I uh, have been very active in the community and have worked with many local organizations, including as the former executive director of the Chamber of Commerce. As a resident going into the by-election, what were some changes you wanted to see as councillor and did any of those come to fruition during your time on council? Uh, as the executive director with the Chamber of Commerce, we had a really good working relationship with the city of Fort St. John, but it's one that I felt that we had to, to work to reestablish that relationship, so I wanted to make sure that we continued that. Uh, one of the great things that I had, it was a privilege to work for the Chamber of Commerce, was being able to network with other communities throughout the province, so instead of having to reinvent the wheel, I could reach out to some of the other chambers, the other communities, to say, here's an issue that we have, what ideas do you have? What worked for you? What kind of potholes should we avoid uh, making the same mistakes over? So that was something I wanted to bring, uh, having that collaboration and being able to build those bridges between other organizations. Do you think the last council uh, helped kind of build some of those bridges over the last four years? I'm really pleased to see what we've been able to do. Um, I'm an alternate on the Peace River Regional District. And just seeing uh, the discussions at the table when we go there to say, here's some ideas um, that uh, we would like to bring forward, we would like your support. And I've been able to see that around the table. Uh, what are some projects that you are excited to introduce and or continue if elected as mayor? 
Ooh, I think one of the hottest <laughs> items right now is our leisure center, our rec center. Uh, we'd like to see it as a multiplex. Uh, when we have talked to our residents and stakeholders, sport groups, we need something that has like multiple uh, options. Everything from, in addition to expanding a large swimming pool, we would like to see a gymnasium, something where we can have like a soccer pitch, pickleball, basketball, volleyball. Uh, also, you know, depending how it's structured, we could use that for meeting rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, multiplex, it's something that uh, our community, we're definitely getting a lot of support for it and uh, working with our regional partners. And I think that's another key point. We need to work with our partners in order to have the facility that our residents are asking for. I know a major topic around the pool too is um, with PRD users coming to utilize the facilities as well and kind of uh, them uh, paying for the pool and how that would look. What are your thoughts on that and you know right off the top of your head right now is there an idea you kind of have that would be the best option for the PRD and the city of Fort St. John? Right now, we do have a regional district pool, so it is regional now. We'd like to continue that same model going forward, and again, it's about working together. I mean, as the saying goes, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther and have a larger rec center, work together. So I think that we need to, when you're in negotiations or discussions and trying to come up with ideas, you need to you know, have an, an honest, open face at the table to say, I want to work on this. And until all those other options are exhausted, um, you, you know, you, you just don't go farther to say, this is my goal. I want to work with you on this. I mean, there are other options, and that's the only prudent way. Uh, staff has prepared some, some different possibilities. If we're not successful uh, at a referendum with our regional district partners, uh, you know, we could still go ahead with this project, but it would really uh, restrict the size of our complex as well as the amenities we have in there. So it's, uh, we are all regional district partners. It doesn't matter if you live in the city of Fort St. John within our boundaries or outside, we are all regional district residents. And I, I think that there is an appetite for it. Like when I'm out at meetings and other groups or events and it, the discussion does come up, people are like, yes, I am in favor in this. So I'd be pretty surprised if, if we couldn't come to some, some agreement. I don't know firsthand, but it seems quite clear that the duties of a councillor and a mayor are completely different, with the latter being more time-consuming. You see many of the councillors uh, holding different positions in the community or jobs. I know you have held several portfolio positions during your tenure as councillor, on top of being a part of other organizations. How have you prepared yourself for the potential workload as mayor? I've been fortunate to have had uh, multiple opportunities in the acting mayor role. I've also been able to uh, balance a, a heavy workload, so it's something that I'm accustomed to. So whether I've been uh, a regional section head with Ministry of Environment or the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce, even now as a city councillor, I'm also a, a business advisor for the province of BC uh, under the Export Navigator Program. So I'll, the duties and the roles that I take on, they're very complementary to each other. Uh, as a business advisor, it gives me the chance to go out and talk to businesses, nonprofit groups. If somebody needs a grant, like how can I help them expand their business? Because nonprofits are businesses too, in many cases. You know, whether they want to go into Alberta or Australia, 
um, how can we cut some of that red tape? And again, it's using those connections and building those bridges to other organizations and, and government uh, liaisons that I can assist with. What are some issues and projects, and we didn't mention the, the pool, um, but what are some that are top of mind for you if elected? And so what's the number one challenge that you're looking to tackle if you get the mayoral seat? I definitely want to continue with our roads, our road work, our infrastructure, that's important. You want to be proactive and stay on top of it, not wait till you have a waterline break. I think our residents do appreciate that we do live in a winter city, so when it comes to asphalt and potholes, it's an ongoing uh, effort to keep up on that. But if we have the budget, if we plan in ahead, you need a long-term approach for all of your capital and infrastructure projects and city staff has to know what is the direction and the priority of council so laying that out to say we need to work on our roads continue with our infrastructure uh, continue with upgrading our parks it is wonderful to see when you're out it doesn't matter if it's winter or summer uh, winter time uh, matthews park we have the skating ribbon around it summertime just to see our new playgrounds whether it's behind the Pomeroy sports center and now kin park oh, the new like, installations that is cool, just a yeah. showcase yeah. it is lovely to see what they're doing um as I mentioned earlier, whoever's voted in as new mayor has some big shoes to fill. Uh, how do you think your approach will differ from Lori's, and what are some skills you may have learned from her that you want to potentially utilize going forward, uh, having the you know, ability that you were close to working with her for the past uh, five years? The importance of collaboration and partnership, definitely. Uh, being able to see what you can do when you work with your community partners and your stakeholders. If there is an, an issue that's important to our community, being able to have that open dialogue, I think that's really important. Always keeping that communication open. Um, one big hot topic on the minds of the community members was 100th Street. It's mm -hmm. uh, nearing completion. With the downtown core, do you have anything planned for it uh, moving forward or what you would like to see it look like and look like in the future? We have at least another two years of road work going ahead. Uh, I, it's looking great down there. So it's we've got the beautiful park benches and our trees. Uh, it's what can we do to make it more inviting? And that is one of the roles of a municipality. That is one of our primary roles. How can we attract or retain people coming to our community? And it's about community enhancement. So when we finish uh, on 100th Street, uh, we're looking at doing 100th Avenue. But I do think it's important because of the timeline of this project and the length of, for when we started with initial community consultation, I think it's important we go back to the community. Is this still relevant? Did we hear you right? Is this what you still want to see as we go on to 100th Avenue? We need to talk to the businesses. We had a lot of young people that may have been in school when we started the community charrettes and public open houses and discussion. What about the people that are here today? And in that part of talking with the businesses, does that include during construction as well? Because I know that was brought up a couple times, uh, especially we reported on it through energeticcity.ca. Kind of what are your thoughts on that as well? I think it's important to continue. We have uh, community ambassadors. We have city staff. They send out newsletters. Uh, they do try and stay in touch. We also slowed down the project to make sure that we had access through the back alleys. Uh, 
some of the residents may have noticed we have paved pavement in the back where we never had before but we have to make sure that when we are and we do realize it's an inconvenience but we do have buy-in and the acknowledgement that we need water and sewer we can have all the other amenities but if you don't have water and sewer it's people will not be happy <laughs> as we wind down here lilia um to the voters listening right now why should they vote for you I'm asking for their vote. I want them to vote for someone that has experience, collaboration, somebody who can show compassion, but also a commitment to finding the solutions that work for our community, for our residents. I think I bring to the table over 20 plus years of government experience between provincial, municipal, chamber of commerce. This is a role that you have to be multifaceted. You have to know the issues. It's not one that you can just walk into and then take your time leisurely to learn. You have to have the connections uh, within your community, but also outside, you know, province-wide. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Lily. It's I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for this opportunity. Awesome. That was Lilia Hansen, which, uh, who is one of the three candidates for mayor of Fort St. John at the upcoming general election. We'll be right back to speak with Shannon Stangy after this. Welcome back to Moose Talks. We are here with Shannon Stangy, a pastor and business consultant who is running for mayor of Fort St. John. Shannon, welcome to the show. Getting right into it, you recently returned to Fort St. John, where you grew up. Um, what made you decide that you wanted your first crack at local government to be in the mayor's seat as opposed to council? Well, my background in leadership and uh, my experience in federal politics and uh, obviously the work I've done with running my own businesses, starting companies, and then leading communities of faith just seemed to be the right mix to provide the leadership that I felt like the city needed. You have mentioned that you haven't come back as an outsider. You have come back with outside experience. Mm -hmm. I believe you were referring to assisting with political campaigns in Vancouver and your experience uh, helping start churches and businesses. Mm -hmm. What skills from those past experiences do you believe will transfer over if elected as mayor? Well, you know, obviously uh, my experience uh, starting my own companies and, and running business for 30 years, that's an obvious, right? So... I like to tell people I have a head, I have a heart, I have a head for business, but a heart for people. And the valuable part of having worked with people for 30 years in the uh, in the social dimension of a community of faith has really given me the ability to listen to people, the ability to understand uh, maybe unspoken needs that are needed within a community, and to uh, address conflict and help people to navigate becoming a better social society. Well, this kind of goes with my next question, because I was going to bring up you, you stating you know, that you understand the heart of the people or mm -hmm. what the people are about in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you bring into the posi position that potentially makes up for a lack of experience in local government? I know you do have experience mm -hmm. with other levels of government, mm -hmm. um, with, with helping out with certain campaigns. But yeah, if you could just kind of delve into that, what you think we'll bring over there, um, not being in local government too much. Well, you know, in, when I was starting my businesses, you, as an entrepreneur, you're always launching into a field that you know a little bit about, but not enough to be a big business yet. And so... You know, this is sort of the same thing. You know, you're, you're launching into something where you know en enough about it and you learn as you go. And the skills that I've learned in the years of doing that, I know that I'm going to be able to do that. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. But when it comes to people, 
You know, you can, you can learn about how to run a, a company, you can learn how to run an organization or a city, um, but it takes decades to learn how to work with people. And that's, I think, the thing that uh, is really the value that I bring to the table. How do you lead collaboratively? How do you listen to people? And how do you help them understand that maybe their needs as part of the bigger society uh, may not be able to be met in the moment, but that your, your heart is still for them, that you still want to see them succeed in the society that we're building together as a community? Before you finally handed in your nomination forms mm. to um, run for mayor, did you talk with residents to see what they wanted in the community, and did that kind of help your decision, or how did that work for you? Have you talked a lot with the residents in the community leading up to, or even during your campaign, and what are they saying? Yeah, well, you know, I've been, I've had a number of people that I've had very deep connections with over the past eight years that I've been coming back and forth, taking care of my family. Mm. Uh, specifically my father, and uh, I talked to them. I, I said, hey, you know, what do you think? Is this a good idea? But I didn't just stop there. I actually went and I talked to a number of the councillors. I talked to Mayor Lori Ackerman, and I got their feedback to see whether or not they felt like this was something that would be a good idea for me to pursue. And everywhere I went, in fact, I, I talked to one of the councillors said, hey, you should be running for mayor, and if you do, then I'll I'll run for council. <laughs> but he sort of declined on that. And then, uh, you know, once I realized that uh, I was getting all of the green lights from all of the people that I talked to, I just realized, you know what? The city needs what I bring. So upon your research and talking with residents, what are some projects or issues that you uh, want to, um, sorry, that issues that were addressed in the previous council that you are looking to continue? And also, what are some new projects or issues that you look to address? Well, you know, I've read the official community plan and uh, we've got a good, uh, it's laying out what we're going to be doing as a city. And, and maybe we need to look at it and address some of the things in there, but it's a pretty good community plan. And, uh, and so really taking what has been built already and, and taking it sort of to the next level. So, you know, love it or hate it, you know, we have a downtown that's been revitalized and uh, I'm not going to get into, you know, whether it should be how many lanes or whatever. But here's the thing about that is that we now have the infrastructure underneath those streets so that we can actually build a livable city. And a livable city looks like having uh, shopping and retail and new business on a main floor with affordable condos on the floors above and that you know I'm out talking to people on the streets right now knocking on doors and getting to know um, people all throughout the community and uh, quite often I, I run into uh, a young single person who says you know I'm living in my parents home or I'm you know sort of sharing a, a house with somebody else but I really want to buy my own house but it's too afford I, I can't afford it mm -hmm. And so we need to find ways of building housing stock within the community that is suitable for people starting out. But the other thing that I really want to look at is, you know, we need to look at every aspect of society. We need to also consider what has been the impact of not addressing drug addiction and the related homelessness that that uh, entails. It's impacted my family significantly, and it's something that I really want to look at. What do you think you would have to add on to from the previous council to uh, tackle issues um, such as addiction and to um, 
bring more eyes to downtown core? I know those are kind of separate issues, but mm -hmm. what would you do in, in both of those scenarios if elected um, running off of the previous council and the work that they'd done in those areas as well? Well, I think it's uh, making sure that the zoning for the downtown is uh, going to attract businesses that will build those type of buildings. Mm -hmm. uh, the best way to uh, revitalize a downtown core is to have people living downtown. And that model is one that I think that we can implement here. Uh, now, you know, we've got a lot of land and people say, you know, well, we can just spread the city out. But the reality is, is that may work for a segment of our society, but there are people who need that smaller space that need to start out in life. And so zoning, uh, I've got to look at that and make sure that it's going to attract, because we're not going to build those buildings, right? <laughs> you know, businesses have to do that. And so is zoning attracting them? It, are the development costs that uh, the city asks for, uh, for developers to pay, are they in line with what people who run those businesses would want to pay? On the other side of things, you know, with um, drug addiction-related homelessness, I mean, that has to be a partnership between Northern Health, social groups, churches, uh, businesses, and the city, where we find a way to uh, solve this problem together. Now, you know, we've got communities like Duncan and Port Alberni who have ad addressed this. They've, they've actually built little tiny homes that these people who are not ready to go into the salvation structured living mm -hmm. situation. I mean, they're still in that place in life where they wouldn't survive or they wouldn't thrive in that environment. They need something other than just a tent because, you know, the reality is, is that somebody's picking up the tab to put them in hotels during the winter when the tenting season is over, and that's us. And so, you know, if we redirect that money into a, uh, a structured community where they live together, but they have independence and they have autonomy. Um, that could go a long way to solving that problem. I know Northern Health has been trying to uh, get an OPS site here in Fort St. John for some time. It's just finding the right building. Mm. Um, with that being said, too, you talked about partnerships between stakeholders, other organizations. It's also that talk with residents as well and that consultation oh, yeah. with them, too, mm. and seeing what they want to do as well right that that's how that would kind of look in those parts a stakeholder right? yeah exactly you know, and uh, the reality is is that i believe that residents would rather have people living in community than in the you know entrance ways of the of the of the banks in town where the teller machines are you know that's i every we have a we have a heart for people as a community and that's the one thing that i know about the residents and citizens of fort st john is that they really care about one another and i think that 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 care extends to um, even those people who are struggling. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have every reason not to uh, want to help the, that group of people uh, within our society. Uh, they've really impacted my family in a negative way. But rather than being angry about that, I want to actually extend, you know, what I can do to help them because life is you know, dealt them some lemons and, you know, it's, it's been hard on them. And so we need to find a way to make, you know, I've said this before, we're either a society as a whole or we're not, you know, there is no fringe, there is no center within our society. We're one. And if we don't know how to live together as one, then we're not really a society. It's just having those conversations it with is. everyone in, in the community. You know. Uh, 
the North Peace Leisure Pool has been a big hot topic over mm-hmm. the past year, oh, for, for a couple of years now. Um, <laughs> but now there's some action being made. Um, kind of what you know about it with um, who's using the pool, the future plans for the pool, and what it might look like. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you, you know, th- anything that we do in that arena needs to be done uh, with the needs of the community at hand. Um, one of the biggest things I am hearing from people as I talk to them is that, and, and also employers, I went to the job fair just the other day and talked to employers to find out what was the biggest hindrance for them uh, attracting and retaining talent here in this city. And they said, it's the lack of facilities for young families. And so we need to make sure that we're building a pool where people don't have to you know, be there within seconds of the schedule opening to get their kid into swimming lessons. We need to have uh, facilities for dance and for uh, all sorts of other recreational activities, all within a multiplex complex. Um, and you know, I've heard a little bit of hesitation from the Peace River Regional District. You know, we can't wait around for them to decide whether they're gonna be part of that. We need to do it. And so uh, whatever that looks like, you know, there's other ways of funding it if, uh, if they're not going to be part of that. But it's a, it's a high priority because it's the thing that will actually help us as a society uh, build our city. And my last question here for you, Shannon, uh, to the listeners right now, mm-hmm. tell them why they should vote for you in the upcoming election. Well, my heart is for the city. I, I love it. I love the people that are here. And uh, I actually look forward to bringing a lot of the ideas that I've uh, gained over the years of uh, working in different levels of, uh, you know, our country and uh, the various aspects of business and social ventures that I've done to say, okay, what can we do as a society here in Fort St. John to take some of these ideas and take new approaches, not to change who we are, but to actually improve who we are, to Uh, make us that city that people actually want to come to and stay and raise their families you know um, one of the things that I looked at when I was doing some background research for this campaign was I I I went through some of the documents that the city provides and I found this study done on high school students here in Fort St. John and in this survey uh, 30% of our high school students want to get the heck out of Dodge the minute they they graduate 29% they're going to stay no matter what there are 41% of our high school students that are asking us to give them a reason to stay. They aren't decided. They haven't decided to leave or stay or, 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 you know, they're just sort of in that, I don't know what to do. And if we build the type of city that I think that we can do together, um, I think a lot more of those students are going to say, hey, I'm going to start life out here because I can afford to buy a condo and and then eventually buy a house of my own there's work here obviously and so uh it's a it's a place where i can i can make money but there's also the shopping that i need there's also the uh the amenities that i need in order to enjoy life during a cold hard winter and uh and that's the type of city i want to build with the people of this city and so if you want that type of a city built then vote stangy for mayor 
Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Shannon. It's great to meet you. I want to thank Fort St. John Mayoral candidates Lilia Hansen and Shannon Stangy for stopping by today. Election Day is October 15th, so make sure you are registered to vote and check out energeticcity.ca backslash election for any information you are seeking before heading to the polls. Just also wanted to mention that there are three candidates for the mayor's seat here in Fort St. John. Shannon, Lilia, and as well Stephen Labossier, who unfortunately couldn't make it to the show today. Adam Rayburn is the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Trey Lopashinsky. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving long weekend. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.